In today's U.S. Fixed Income podcast, we welcome Andre Skiba, our head of the Blue Bay U.S. Fixed Income team here at RBC Global Asset Management. Thanks for joining me today, Andre. Hello, Tony. Nice to be here with you. On Wednesday, the Federal Reserve raised interest rates by 25 basis points. This marks the first rate hike since 2018. Andre, now that the Fed has finally hiked, what does this tightening policy mean for fixed income markets? Well, now that the first hike materialized, we are approaching a point where U.S. monetary policy uncertainty will diminish, something that fixed income investors should welcome. We still await specific details of the balance sheet reduction plan. We're talking here about the pace and the composition. But once that is known, and it could be as soon as at the next Fed meeting in May, we expect the market to trade in a more predictable manner on a data-dependent basis. From that point onwards, how fixed assets will do will depend on how quickly, if at all, can inflation moderate and how aggressively Fed needs to shrink the balance sheet and whether that process will involve outright sales of assets or just a runoff. If inflation remains stubbornly high and Fed insists on aggressive balance sheet reduction, risk assets will likely do poorly. We have little doubt about that. However, if inflation starts to moderate, balance sheet runoff is less than $100 billion per month and US economy steers way clear of recession, we think that fixed income assets will do well, especially those that are shorter duration, where a lot of the yield adjustment has already happened. With geopolitical tensions rising and commodity prices going through the roof, do you feel there's a recession on the horizon? We do not expect US falling into a recession this year or next. As Fed Chair Powell commented, US economy is in a very strong shape, especially when looking at a very tight labor market. Yes, we see lower than previously expected US growth, perhaps sub-3%, that being largely as a result of continued supply chain bottlenecks and input cost inflation. However, lower growth doesn't equal a recession. Also, we know that at least some of the inflationary pressures are likely to abate as the year progresses. Europe, however, is likely to see a more pronounced impact on growth, with energy costs and war-related disruptions likely pushing growth closer to a zero mark. Fixed income indices have endured their worst start to the year in a long time. What is your outlook for the remainder of this year? That's absolutely true. 60-40 portfolios are adjusting to a horrible start of the year, with fixed income assets losing as much as equities here to date. We do think that the front end of the treasury curve has sold off to a point where pressure on returns for some segments of our universe will start to abate. Longer duration securities could remain under some pressure, though. From a valuation perspective, we actually see the market trading cheap for the first time since the sell-off of 2020. But not every segment of fixed income universe looks equally attractive in that regard. Within the areas that we like, Firstly, I would mention high yield, where yields are approaching 7%, away from long-duration double-B-rated bonds that exhibit more interest rate sensitivity. The rest of high-yield universe looks pretty attractive, especially considering 
low default outlook in the US. Secondly, we like segments of securitized markets, especially areas that sold off aggressively of late, such as credit risk transfer market. Finally, looking at corporate credit markets, we like triple B US uh, that were asset class outflows led issuers to price new securities at levels not seen since the summer of 2020. We also like subordinated debt in the euro market, where valuations reset aggressively year-to-date, with multiple strong balance sheet non-cyclical issuers seeing their hybrid or cocoa bonds widen in excess of 200 basis points. We're starting to see some challenges to the ESG narrative in recent times, especially in the context of decarbonization. Have your thoughts on ESG changed at all? Well, as ESG debate is maturing, some of the previous assumptions get challenged. One such example relates to decarbonization, where insistence on the retirement of carbon-intensive power generation capacity and replacement of such with renewable energy led to greater fluctuations in power prices and shrinking reserve margin for baseload generation. The reason for that uh, relates to the fact that renewable power often contributes peak rather than baseload energy. With power prices spiking, policymakers and investors started debating issues such as nuclear power generation. It is carbon-free, yet was seen negatively by many ESG proponents in the past, something that is being challenged right now. We see this debate and many others as a positive sign, where theoretical ESG discussions meet actual policy goals, and rather than seeing this as an example of ESG losing appeal, we think it proves increasing importance of ESG. We are deeply committed to further integrating ESG factors across our investment process and continuously evaluating how those factors can help us deliver positive alpha for our clients. In the US, beyond broad ESG integration, we also see an exciting opportunity ahead for impact strategies where you target actual positive SDG outcomes, for example, supporting low-income housing, something that is likely to garner more and more investor attention in the quarters and years ahead. That's all we have for our U.S. Fixed Income podcast today. Thanks for joining us, Andre. Thank you a lot for the opportunity to speak to you. This podcast is provided by RBC Global Asset Management, RBC GAM, for informational purposes and may not be reproduced, distributed, or published without the written consent of RBC GAM. This podcast does not constitute an offer or solicitation to buy or to sell any security product or service in any jurisdiction, nor is it intended to provide investment, financial, legal accounting, tax, or other advice, and such information should not be relied or acted upon for providing such advice. Past performance is not indicative of future results. This product is not available for distribution to investors in jurisdictions where such distribution would be prohibited. Investment and economic outlook information has been compiled by RBC GAM from various sources. Information obtained from third parties is believed to be reliable, but no representation or warranty expressed or implied is made by RBC GAM or its affiliates or any persons as to its accuracy, completeness, or correctness. RBC GAM and its affiliates assume no responsibility for any errors or omissions.